welcome. Glad to have you. Hopefully you're enjoying your day and you're not getting spam phone calls. The tires on your car are good. You don't have Ben Kenny passing you by on the way home, giving you a honk. How you doing? Sorry about your luck. <laughs> so third hour of the bill. I can't believe the first two hours have flown by. Aaron Rodgers signs his new deal with the Green Bay Packers. $150 million guaranteed. Three years, $22 million or $28 million cap hit this upcoming season. And uh, we kind of go from there. We uh, are joined now by the co-founder of The Leap and the host of Locked On Packers podcast, Peter Bukowski, now joining us on the hotline. Pete, how you been, buddy? What's going on, Bill? How are you, man? Doing extremely well. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers and the deal. It's uh, Remember, he said it's categorically false that he's getting $50 million a year, and we all know that Aaron Rodgers is immunized and not vaccinated. So, uh, anyway, that's a long story within itself. But give me your thoughts on the uh, on the deal that we found out today. Yeah, categorically false turns out to be categorically true. Um, sometimes that, that, that can happen, I guess. Um, no, but, but, you know, it's one of those things that regardless of, of the truth of you know, the reporting or what Aaron said about the reporting. It is the case that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers found a way to make Aaron Rodgers the highest paid player in the league, the biggest number ever, the 50 plus million over three years average per year and make it cap friendly. And that was, that was thought to be essentially impossible. Uh, and, and yet they're able to do it. And, and I think that speaks both to Aaron Rodgers willingness to say, uh, let's get let's get a little weird here, but I think more it speaks to the Packers' willingness to get a little weird. They broke a, a dozen of their own rules on how these things normally work. Um, you know, future bonuses that can be spread out and guaranteed second years, which they never do. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't think I don't think we should view this as Aaron Rodgers making some sort of sacrifice. All of the all of the machinations that protect the Packers cap this year are really just um, accounting tricks that the Packers will use to spread out the money. Aaron Rodgers gets all the money. I think that's something that we can't forget here. Um, this, that th- it's not like he's taking twenty eight million uh, on the on the on the year. He's no, counting right. that much, and so we we can't forget that part of it. Um, it's a it's a great deal for Aaron Rodgers because he gets to sort of do both. He gets to get all the money, and he gets to say, "Look at how how uh, you know um, benevolent I am, making sure that everyone else gets paid." When that's that's not exactly what's going on. So so far, what we've seen out of this team is releasing Zedarius, uh, cutting uh, ties with Billy Turner, tagging Devontae, bringing in Devondre Campbell, which I think is a huge move for them. Signing uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, shuffling the deck with the money. Uh, Devontae Adams, like I said, is tagged. So your thoughts overall on what Brian Gutekunst has done? Well, I think a little bit is, of it is wait and see. Um, because we need to see if and how and if they are able to improve this team any further. Um, if, if this is all they've done... You know, I would I would say it's a pretty good it's a pretty good start. They they need to get a long term deal with Devontae Adams done. That's um, obviously an important thing for them and and for Devontae Adams. But then it's about okay, you're you're losing Billy Turner. 
He was an important player for you last year. Do you have a better plan than than um, than him uh, to to move forward? I, I would assume that's going to be Elton Jenkins. I think you can make the case that they're just flat out better with Elton Jenkins starting um, at at tackle. So uh, it's it's that that part of it could be a net positive, and then. You, you have a plan for what's going on with Zadarius Smith, but he's gone now. You have a guy to replace him in Rashawn Gary, but your, your pass rush is worse. And so you're going to need to find something, um, whether it's in the draft or it's in free agency, to replace that third pass rusher that, that can make you know, the, the different looks that they can throw out there really effective. And um, how can you make this team better than it was last year? Can you find ways to manufacture some, some more offense? Um, can you improve the depth? Do you, do you have an improvement at nickel corner? Can they keep Shannon Sullivan? Um, we know that they're, they're bringing back Alan Lazard now on this tender. Seems like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, given the receiver market, is, is pricing himself right on out of, uh, of, of Green Bay. And, and, and that's, that you know, makes sense because he is a, a good player with a defined skill set that is speed. It is, unfortunately, for Green Bay, a skill set they desperately need. So it's a good start, I think, I think is what we can say. We need to fully judge um, this in its totality because they need to find a way to be a little bit better than they were last year, and right now they're not. What else does this need? Uh, this team need? Do you think now that there was some reports that they may be linked to Jarvis Landry? I don't think they're one of the front runners. I think they're probably third or fourth down the list. But uh, I, when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's if they get, end up landing him in some way, shape, or form, that's impressive because we all recognize the fact that yes, Devontae's great, but you got to have one or two other guys uh, opposite Devontae. I mean, you look at the teams that were just in the Super Bowl that had three receivers each going into that game that got them there, and they were all three veteran, good, solid receivers. You can't just have Devontae and a bunch of dudes. No, that's right. And um, that, that's where that's where you, you're going to need to earn your money if you're Russ Ball and Brian Gutekind. Um, You know, could a name like Will Fuller, who the Packers were linked to at the trade deadline each of the last two years, um, be someone, excuse me, not this past season um, in Miami, but, but the two seasons in, in Houston previous to that. Um, someone that Matt LaFleur absolutely loves and coached at Notre Dame. Could they find a way to convince someone like Allen Robinson to come in and be the second banana when he didn't want to be the second banana when he hit free agency the first time around? Um, someone like Sammy Watkins. It seems like those numbers could be out of their reach, but you get an extension done with Jair Alexander. You can free up five, six, seven, eight million dollars. A new Devontae Adams deal could save them eight plus million, and a new Randall Cobb deal could save them another five to eight million. And all of a sudden, now you've got real money to play with, even with a Rasul Douglas contract, because they've shown a willingness. I mean, we've seen it. The, the Kenny Clark deal was was crazy in in what the early money was i mean he did a similar thing to this aaron Rodgers situation where he had like a million dollar base salary and most of the money that he was getting on the cap that season was spread out signing bonus i i think you could you could do that but only in a case where you wanted to sign a multi-year deal could you get someone like alan robinson on a on a two-year or three-year deal um, where you can get cute with the money it's hard to do a prove-it deal like will fuller probably wants another prove-it deal. Um, and that gets difficult with Green Bay's cap situation. So would he take a two-year deal 
uh, with void years or something like that. Would Green Bay be willing to do that? Um, you know, if this is their window, and it looks like, you know, if you look at the Rodgers contract, I think it tells us a lot about where they think their window is. It is this year and the next two. And that's, and, that, and then, you know, the world might end, um, given, right. given what the money is. And so, you know, if he's not on the team in 2024, Tom Pelissero reported it's almost a $70 million dead cap hit if he gets traded, yes. released, or retired. That is monstrous. Um, yeah, it's seventy-five so million. They, yeah, they they need him. They need him to play those years, and then maybe it is. Maybe they maybe they are willing to say, "Let's take a gamble here. We can push this money out. The cap is going to explode in twenty twenty three, and and we can go from there and figure this out." I, I mean, I think that's a reasonable way to approach this. Um, when you know you have this finite stopping point, you can say, "Okay, we're going to take our lumps when this all is over, but we have to." make every move that we can. That's what the Packers are saying. We have to make every move that we can over the next couple of years to win a Super Bowl, or we're going to have just spent the most money ever on a quarterback twice, the most money ever on an offensive tackle, the most money ever on a receiver, and potentially the most money ever on a cornerback and have no titles to show for it. That would be, that would be pretty disastrous. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I also look at, you know, we know the offensive line pretty solidified, provided Bakhtiari can come back and and he's okay, provided you get Elton Jenkins back eventually and he's okay. And it seems like things are okay in that realm for the most part. Uh, you still need probably a tight end, and that's going to be interesting because Robert Tanyan's owed some money and then you bring back Mercedes Lewis, Josiah Aguara. You, Dominic Daphne, for that matter. It seems like that area is not bad. There's an upgrade, but they also have a plethora of wide receivers and some pass rushers in this uh, in this upcoming draft. Is that where you believe the Packers are going to go if they're going to find themselves another another wideout? And here's the other thing: the whole thing about trust with Aaron Rodgers, who you know he's got to be on the same page. He's got to feel it with his guy. He's got to you know. I, look, you can pick the best wide receiver coming out of the draft. It doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw him the football. Well, and that's the key. And, and I think that's why if you're looking at it this year, especially with the looming loss of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think this is the year to go get your guy in the first at receiver, even more than, than 2020 was um, because of that uncertainty at the time with Aaron Rodgers' future. And, and let's be honest about the Jordan Love pick and, and whatever it brings. And we, we, you know, that's a whole other narrative that we could talk about. But they, they did that not knowing what the future of Aaron Rodgers was. And now they know. Now they know he's going to be the Green Bay Packers quarterback for at least two and probably three more years. So you need to be aggressive here. And there are four, five, maybe six legitimate first-round talents at receiver. When you get into day two and you're looking at the Christian Watsons of the world, Christian Watson blew up the combine. He's an incredibly talented receiver who has absolutely no idea how to play football. He, he's, just a, he's just a playmaker. Well, how much can that guy help you this year? How much can that guy help you next year? And I don't, I don't like just saying, like, let's take the floor of a guy and say this is who he is, um, and, and you don't draft a, a player for who they are in year one. Otherwise, you, you fail and you miss on guys like Rashawn Gary who are going to take some time, and all of a sudden he's a superstar. Like, he could be one of the five best pass rushers in the league this year. Um, he was one of the, easily one of the ten best last year. But I think that, that that makes you look at this draft and go, okay, you've got the guys at the top. It's Traylon Burks, it's Drake London, it's Garrett Wilson, it's Chris Olave. You know, maybe you can throw uh, a George Pickens in there. 
and and I, maybe I'm missing one. But after that, it's a lot of developmental guys. It's a lot of guys who don't normally fit Green Bay's profile, um, who are either not big enough, not fast enough, um, or, or or somewhere in between. You know, if you could if you could just take Chris Olave and throw him in this offense, just imagine what that does for for you, not just this year but moving forward. A young, mm-hmm. dynamic playmaker who can make plays down the field. Uh, th- that makes the geometry of this offense work. And by the way, unlike Marquez Valdez-Scanling, he is very consistent tracking and catching the ball deep. He is just a, a, an explosive downfield kind of playmaker. Or you take someone like Traylon Burks, who may have fallen a little bit, did not run super fast at the combine. We expected him to test off the charts athletically because on tape, he just he made SEC athletes look slow. I mean, he had an 80-yard touchdown against Alabama where he outran two Alabama defenders. You don't expect that guy to run 4-5-5, but he's 6'2", 225, and has a run-after-catch skill that no one on the Packers does. He's, he's basically tall Debo Samuel in that way where you could line him, you could use him in jet, you could use him as a running back, you can throw those receiver screen RPOs that the Packers love to run and actually give yourself a guy who can make plays after the catch this is the draft to do that. And I, I think that, that that's what makes um, the situation for Green Bay to take one of those guys so appealing. I also think they take a pass rusher in the top 100. Um, and and I, I'm not the only one that feels that way. People in the organization feel that way as well, that this is, this is a, a good pass rusher draft, so go do that. I think if, if we're going to order the top three picks in terms of priorities and likelihoods, you're looking at offensive tackle, um, especially with Billy Turner's departure, you're looking at edge rusher, outside linebacker, and uh, you're looking at receiver. And and those are those are three good positions in this draft. So they're they're in good shape to get guys that not only help their football team the most, but are also um, positions where you're gonna you're gonna find plenty of talent in this class. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, both of those guys can come in and be impactful players almost immediately, and I agree with that. The, the edge rusher, the the problem I have with that, unless you've got a Bosa, a T.J. Watt, a J.J. Watt, you start to go through that list, it usually takes guys a couple of years to get enough moves to be impactful. Now, maybe it takes the pressure off having Preston Smith or Devondre Campbell or Rashawn Gary or, or you know, uh, uh, Kenny Clark up front where they get one-on-one and maybe they get loose a couple of times. But that's the one area where I know everybody wants to get a good edge rusher and they hope that he's impactful. But it, very few uh, rookie edge rushers come in and they're impactful right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what makes this tricky is if you're going to get an edge rusher, he's got to be a first-round pick. I mean, that's just, that's, that's sort of, if you want them to be impactful right away, it's got to be a first. And even then you're, 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 you know, taking your chances. It's a 50, 50 proposition. Now second round is that receiver sweet spot. So maybe they, they have a similar, they have a similar game plan to 2020. And I know this is going to give some Packer fans a little PTSD, but they went into that draft saying we want to get a receiver. And if we can't get a receiver, you know, we'll take this best player. Now they love Jordan love. And they had every intention of trading up in the second to try and get one of the guys left on the board. Excuse me, left on the board. And those guys went off the board before they were able to get up in the second round. Maybe they do a similar thing where they're saying, "Okay, edge rusher, receiver, offensive tackle. We want to get the best guy we can get at one of those spots. And then in the second round, maybe you have a chance to trade up to get another one of those guys, whether it's back into the first or or in the second round." Um, maybe you, you, you can justify doing that. I mean, I think, I think if you're the Packers, you're looking at this going, 
okay, in the first round, if you can get an Olave or a Burks or even a George Pickens, who is extremely talented, young, and and very athletic, um, then then what you can do is now in the second round, you hope a pass rusher falls to you, or there are some interior defenders who I think I who I really like, and I'm I'm usually anti taking a, a defensive lineman early, but someone like Travis Jones from Connecticut, if he's there. Um, there are some defensive linemen in this draft who I think could really make not just Kenny Clark's life easier, but, but Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith as well. The more one-on-one blocks that you can create, um, it, the better. And then uh, they're, they're, Joe Barry wants to play a bunch of light boxes. Well, you need, you need hosses up front. You need, you need mm-hmm. dudes. And uh, they don't have enough of them right now. You make Kenny Clark's life, Rashawn Gary's life, Preston Smith's life a lot easier if you're soaking up blocks for them to get one-on-ones and that improves your pass rush as a force multiplier. Pete, good stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. And we will talk again soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. Peter Bukowski locked on a Packers podcast. You can find him at Peter underscore Bukowski, B-U-K-O-W-S-K-I, Peter underscore Bukowski. Really good stuff. Uh, It's just, I agree with a lot of what he had to say. Um, you know, it's not about what the – it's more about the actual salary cap situation, and I agree with that, but make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. He getting paid. He getting paid. You better damn well believe it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get your reaction to what you just heard. Uh, and we got some other things to talk about. Got some Brewers baseball. Bucks got a nice win last night, but even a bigger story within that game as well. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Hey, our friends over at Quick Trip want to remind you they have got uh, some good stuff going on. They want to give away a vehicle, a 2022 Chevy Tahoe, as a matter of fact. And you can purchase a Quick Trip take-home meal or a 20-ounce Coke or a Smart Water, and you can earn some extra scratches. It's that simple. If you want to earn even more scratches to play, make it a combo. Bring home the freshly prepared take-home meal. Get that refreshing Coke or Smart Water or all of the above. And then you can scratch your way to uh, possibly a Chevy Tahoe. It's simple. With a quick quick trip, quick rewards app today. Download it and to get registered, you're good to go. But uh, you could be in the in the drawing for a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Beautiful vehicle. Beautiful. They've got that newly released uh, beef pot roast dinner out for a limited time. Uh, they've got uh, also a limited time, the Swedish-style meatballs, mashed potatoes. You can check out all the favorite take-home meals from Quick Trip. And they've been doing all kinds of good stuff. Chicken fettuccine, beef stroganoff, macaroni and cheese. Got all all of that from our friends over there at Quick Trip. Good, good, good stuff. Uh, so the odds are out when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Um, from, uh, from our friends at betonline.ag, what seed will win the basketball championship, uh, you know, it's even money on a one seed, thirteen to five on a two seed, eleven to two on a three seed, eight to one on a four seed, twelve to one on a five seed. It goes from there. 
So here's the, uh, the, the, the major question. The, the, the number one seed that is going to advance the farthest, Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, Kansas, in that order. Number two seed to advance the farthest, Kentucky, Duke, Auburn, Villanova. Interesting, Kentucky and Duke both getting run over Auburn, who was near the top of the list uh, as the number one team in the country for a longer period of time than any of them. And they're a two seed. The number three seed to advanced uh, to advance the farthest. Ben, you want to take a stab at it? You got Tennessee. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Tennessee, Texas Tech, and Purdue. Yeah, the I think it's are. Tennessee. Uh, one, I think they're the best. Uh, Purdue, 7-5. Oh. to five. Tennessee, 2-1. to one. Texas Tech, 3-1. to one. And Wisconsin, 23-4. to four. A lot of national doubt being cast towards Wisconsin. Uh, yep. Very much so. Very much so. The, just the odds coming out of Vegas. Um, and then it kind of goes from there. We'll, you know, all the different, it lists all these different teams, uh, making the sweet 16, the final four. Will Wisconsin make the sweet 16? Yes. Is plus plus one ten, eleven to 10. No, minus 152 to three. There you go. And that's just some of the odds that are coming out uh, of Vegas right now. It's just interesting that, uh, like you said, not a lot of national belief when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Badgers. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. So some other news in the world of basketball. I don't know if you were paying attention last night. Bucks get a win. They have. It's been for a long time since they've uh, been able to really beat up on Utah, and they beat them last night, 117-111 in Utah. Okay. That was not the story. Giannis dropping 30 was not the story. Chris Middleton dropping 23, not the story. The story was the return of Brooke Lopez, and he played 15 minutes. Nobody thought he was going to do that either. George Hill also returning to the lineup last night. You got Brooke Lopez, who, by the way, had six points, had a three, uh, got to the free throw line, went three out of four from the free throw line as well. But... Had a board, had a, had uh, an assist, had a steal, uh, four fouls, but got right back and started mixing it up defensively. So for those that have not, that, that didn't, one, think he would come back, you were kind of hoping he'd come back with maybe 10 games remaining or something like that. Really good news last night for the Milwaukee Bucks. As Brooke Lopez comes back, now we'll wait and see what today holds, if it shows any signs of soreness. But as far they were hoping to get him back with maybe 12, 10, 12 games to go, getting back with a little bit more than that. I think there's like 15 games remaining, something like that. Um, uh, take that back. There's uh, when he came in last night, there's 14 games remaining in the regular season. So but it, good news to get Brooke Lopez back, who immediately came back and played disruptive enough defense and looked good doing it. And really, uh, as far as Coach Budenholzer goes, he was really impressed with him last night. He said, man, he just didn't expect that level of, of tenacity and effort out of him and being his first game back after the back surgery. So great news last night for the Bucks, For a team that watching their defensive um, number, if you will, go down, their defensive rank go down throughout the season, to get him back, and as long as he can get kind of, kind of get his legs under him and get back to 25 minutes a game, 20, 30 minutes a game even if you could, 
That'd be huge. That'd be huge. They got a big game coming by, uh, back at home. They got this road trip that's going to continue. Uh, they've got Sacramento uh, coming up tomorrow night. Then Saturday, they're in on the road in Minnesota before coming back to the Fiserv next Tuesday uh, against Chicago. Uh, and that'll be a good test for them. They still have two games against the Bulls left this season. But in one game at, on the road at Philadelphia and at Brooklyn on that road trip because they go to Memphis, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn before coming back home to face the Clippers and, and the Dallas Mavericks. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you, you're going to get him banging and scrapping a little bit, and you're going to kind of find out where he fits, where he's going to be able to handle the rotation, so to speak, and defensively speaking. Uh, to be able to come in and give you a hand and maybe raise that defensive number up a little bit and get guys used to, again, that rotation. And if this team gets better defensively down the stretch, that's a big get. That's a really nice get for uh, for him to be coming back. So nice job last night by Brooke Lopez and the Milwaukee Bucks getting the win. The Bucks go to 43-26 and 26 on the season. And uh, if you're an NBA fan, you're kind of watching the standings right now and the Bucks continue to win. Um the Bucks, uh, you know, only two games behind the he- behind the Heat now. They're a game and a half ahead of um, the Bulls. They're a game ahead of Philadelphia. Two games ahead of Boston, and the Cavaliers, who have played decent basketball this season, are right now they're in the top six. They got a positive record. They're ten games over five hundred, five and a half games back, but uh, three games behind the Bucks. So the Bucks still have a game left with the, a couple of games left with the Bulls. Uh, so hey, look, the Bucks are playing good basketball. And all you wanted to do was be near the top two, and and that's a good spot to be. So the Bucks are kind of right where they want to be and getting healthy at the right time. Some nice news last night coming out of that Bucks game. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Glad to have you. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Come back more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The media made me do it. Oh my goodness. I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up here in a minute. But if you're looking to do something and uh, you are uh, a guy that's suffering from ED or you're moody, you're sluggish, you're putting on weight, whatever, get a hold of our friends over at New Mel Medical. New Mel Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin beyond the borders and getting it done with a 98% success rate. That means they can all but guarantee the fact that they can help you out. Say you're tired. Say right now you're driving down the road, you're like, oh, my God. God, I could just go to sleep. Or maybe you're looking at your computer thinking, man, I could just crawl up into some place and go nap, nap. That could be uh, low T. Or if you're looking at yourself going, man, here comes the warm weather and I look terrible in a T-shirt. Uh, New Mail Medical, they can help you out. Call them 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's a New Mail Medical Center. The Doc Tim and, and everybody over there, they're such good people. Again, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Um, so here's, here's um, the, the media made me do it, uh, blame. Tom Brady's father said, quote, they were announcing his retirement before he even retired. 
you know, the media made the news. He was not ready to make any decision and didn't make any decision until Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington stated it as fact. You know, he hadn't any he hadn't made any decision on that. After he had time to reflect with his family, you know, what gives him the greatest joy in his life, and they all agreed that this is the path forward that works best for the Brady family, according to Tom Brady's dad. He's as happy as can be. It just took a little bit more time to sort out this thing. I mean, it's kind of uncharted territory. So if people might seem to think it took a misstep, hey, welcome to our world. Not very many people get to make this decision at the age of 44 or 45. So the reason Tom Brady retired was because Adam Schefter reported it. Really? That's according to uh, Tom Brady's dad. God, we hold some power, don't we? It is what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to give us a shout? Feel free. Uh, Ben, what are you saying about the tire thing? Uh, You got the poll question out right now? On my Twitter, yep, at Kenny, Is it ridiculous to have never changed a tire? 61% bill. Almost 150 votes in say no, it is not ridiculous. It's not 61% say no, it's not ridiculous that you've never changed a tire. Okay. Now, is it that they have never changed a tire or that you have never changed a tire? Well, maybe my audience skews towards the population that has never changed a tire. So to feel better, we vote no. Uh, Like I said, I, I don't. I, I, it, it's just times are different. It just is. It's the, the ease of doing it is not the same. Cars are not the same. Tires are not the same for that matter. So no, I, I don't, uh, it's interesting, but I got to think, I'm like, I, oh, my dad did this for me, but I'm thinking I never did this for my kids. I didn't do this for my son. He figured it out on his own, but he was pretty, my, my, my son was pretty smart when it comes to stuff like that. Um, but then again, the only time I think we ever changed a tire was together, and that's because he, he just as he had turned the corner to come home is when the tire went flat. So he didn't really do it. I think more so I did it now that I think about it. But, yeah, I, I guess. Look, I've never sat down with my kids and said, hey, let's, let's go change a tire. Let's, let's learn how to do it. I think you just kind of learn it through osmosis. It either happens or it doesn't. And the fact that you've never had to worry about that, good for you, man. That's good stuff. Kudos. I mean, we are entering the time of year, especially here in Madison, where all the roads are just completely awful from the winter before they do construction right. on every single road at the same time so you can't get to work. So maybe this will be the sweet <laughs> spot of that happening. <laughs> Hey, by the way, breaking news out of Brewers camp. Adam McAlvey reporting that Devin Williams working on a new pitch, a slider slash cutter. He threw a slider in the minors but gave it up in the big leagues because, yeah, how about that? There you go. Because uh, uh, the baseballs have lower seams. Uh, He worked on it all winter and thinks it could be his third weapon with his fastball and then that deadly changeup. Look out, Devin Williams, new pitch. How are we looking? Speaking of that division, you mentioned the Reds and how they have been selling. 
Do you know who the uh, one of the highest p- paid players, excuse me, on the Reds this year will be? Uh, Moustakas or Joey Votto? No, he hasn't played for them since 2008. Ken Griffey Jr.? He will be the sixth highest paid Reds player at $3.6 million. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know how long his contract went, but when you said that, I thought I, st- I know Griffey was still owed money. I don't know how much longer he still owed money, but yeah, how about that? Isn't that amazing? Is is Bobby Bonilla, how many more years does he have to go with the Mets to still be getting over a million dollars a year? And he's been out of baseball for like over a decade, easy. 2035. 2035. 1991 was when it began. He'll be 72 in 2035. That's That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> 2035. Oh, boy. 877-867-1670. Corey says, hey, Bill, I really think that was part of the problem for Favre. The media continued to bug him uh, about it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they all seem to be divas, especially Brady. Brady's never gone back and forth. He always said he wanted to play till he was 45. But I think the way they went out... Looking at the future, thinking, boy, this uh, this team is not probably going to be the same. Um, I'm going to go ahead and walk away. And he probably still has that desire to play. I'm not negating that. Um, so I, I, I still believe he probably has that desire to play. But when you start to look at it at that age, you're either all in to win it or you don't want to play. And I think when he saw Russell Wilson goes to the AFC, you've got, uh, the, and, and clearly the Rams aren't going to be the same team. They're going to have some talent, but they're not going to be the same team. And you've got really nothing major standing in your way in the NFC. When we start, you got Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Brady. You know, it, it is what it is. So you got a shot. You know, you got a shot. You got a shot to get there. So why not? Why not? If you can keep a majority of those pieces together, take a shot. And, and the fact that you can be in it and still have a legitimate shot to, to win maybe uh, the NFC, go for it. You don't have to beat up on everybody over in the AFC. So, yeah, come on back. Make some money. If you still feel you can play and enjoy it, yeah, go ahead. But don't tell me the media made you retire. You know, it's like the Favre thing. Favre didn't retire because of the media. Favre retired because Ted Thompson put pressure on him. Ted Thompson wanted to know. And they had Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings. They knew that. So Ted said, hey, I need to know. And and, and Brett said, well, if you need to know right now, then no, I don't want to come back. And Ted said, oh, geez, golly shucks. Oh, by the way. And then you heard that knock at the door. Oh, Mr. Favre, here's your locker. Before Brett could even hang up the phone. Talk to you later. See you. Get out. And Brett's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I didn't really want to retire, but the media never made him do it. It was Ted. Ted wanted him you know, make a decision. We need to know, man. We got this cat over here named Aaron Rodgers. We think is pretty good. Hang in there. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
If you are going to be heading to opening day, as the Brewers get back at it for the home opener, maybe to watch some of the NCAA tournaments, there is no better sports bar than Stenny's. Second and National downtown in Walker's Point. That's the place to go. They run shuttles to all the games, whether it's the five serve UW Panther Arena or over to Miller Park, or I should say American Family Field. Uh, up to Lambeau, they even run shuttles out to uh, Camp Randall, the Cole Center, whatever it happens to be. Check out our friends down at Stenny. Second and, Nas- Second and National Walkers Point, they are award-winning when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to being uh, the Bloody Mary capital of the world, and their wings are fantastic. So it's 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 awesome. By the way, uh, Brian Gutekunst says, uh, "quote We are very pleased to be able to come to an agreement with Aaron that keeps him in Green Bay." His play on the field and leadership in our locker room remain vital in our pursuit of another Super Bowl title. The agreement also allows us to maintain and enhance what we feel is an already a very competitive roster. End quote. That's from Brian Gutekunst in regards to uh, Aaron Rodgers. So there you go. Our own Zach Heilprin putting that out. That, uh, that just came across the, uh, the wire not that long ago. So there you go. Everybody's happy right now. Everybody's happy. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Feel free. Um, Matthew writes, uh, hey, unit, uh, I love the Devondre Campbell signing. It's huge for the Green Bay Packers. Five years, $50 million. And he has kept it cap friendly for the Green Bay Packers. Why? Because he wants to win a championship and he knows this gives him the best opportunity. He had a prove it year and he absolutely did that. And he has thrived in Joe Barry's defense. Let's hope he can do it again this upcoming season. That has been, uh, that has been such an amazing find, hasn't it? Now, don't forget, this is going to also come with a lot of expectation coming into the, the, the 2022 season. Um, but, man, what I said this before. I go back to the day, and this has been a while, but I go back to the day that it was Elliot Wolf standing at the podium, and there was a lot of questions about the linebacking core that year and the draft. And Elliot Wolf uh, at the time was up there. Ted Thompson was the general manager, and Elliot Wolf said – kind of laughed and said, you know, we were peppering him with questions about the linebacking position. He said, you guys value the linebacking position a lot more than we do. And that always kind of stuck with me. And I thought, wait a minute, why would you not value? When you look a lot of the great, look up a lot of the great players defensively in history, there's a lot of really great linebackers. A lot of great linebackers. And, when, when you know, all the way from, you know, Ray Lewis to, to Mike Singletary. I mean, you start thinking of these. Um, Kevin Green, you know, another one, linebacker. You know, I talk about Jack Earl, or uh, uh, Brian Erlocker, Jack Lambert, you know. Harry Carson, years gone by. You start to look at these guys, and you're like, man, how do you not value linebackers? When you have them in in your fold, how do you not value the linebacker position? Because they can they can dictate. They can dictate your defense, man, in so many different ways. So anyway, um, I always thought about that. And then when you look at linebackers, uh, 
and you think to yourself, yeah, you don't value one because you don't have one. You know? When you don't have one, Ray Nitschke. Thank you very much, Terry. Ray Nitschke. You know? Junior Seau. I get it. Outside rusher, guy like Lawrence Taylor, all that. You know, but when you've got that middle guy, that guy right there, Jack Ham, thank you very much. Go back to the Steelers. I agree. When you've got a man, you love him. You love him, man. So that's why when Devondre Campbell showed up, you finally went, oh, yes, we value the linebacking position because we have one now. A.J. Hawk was very, very serviceable. Very serviceable. He was really, had he not been chosen fifth overall, you would have been saying, man, this guy really, he was really solid for the Packers. His best year, when you needed him the most, came during a Super Bowl run. Chris Spielman, thank you very, very much, Brett. So, you get Devondre Campbell. That may be the most underrated signing over the last two years for the Green Bay Packers. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. 877-867-1670. Um, this one is from uh this one's from Sam who says uh, the numbers for Aaron Rodgers still equate to 50 million a year. Does Aaron still deny it? Um at this point who cares? You know, I mean I'm I'm not poo-pooing your email. I really apologize if it sounds like it, but uh you know, who cares at this point? He's never going to come out and go, "You know what? I categorically agree." That's not going to happen. <laughs> Just he signed his cap hits not terrible. Uh the team has some additional money. He's still making the money. Don't get me wrong. The, but the one thing that people aren't reading into this, the Packers do have the ability to kind of restructure some of that deal and and move it around, which is good. So if he walks away, you're not going to end up completely devastated. There are some, uh, there is some, uh, I guess, some wiggle room there, from what I understand. But yeah, he uh, he got his money, and the Packers still have some cap room, and everybody's happy, I guess, right? Um, Robin says we wanted to draft Ray Lewis, but Baltimore ended up snatching him up before us. Baltimore got Patrick Queen in that draft. That was the Jordan Love draft. I still, to this day, I'll never forget that feeling when I heard the Green Bay Packers have made a trade. I'm like, oh, and I dropped a, I dropped an S word right there on the air. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. They're getting that linebacker. Here we go. The Green Bay Packers have made a trade and with whatever the hell the number pick was. And this year's NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers pick, and I'm like, yes, yes, Jordan Love. Woo! Had to call new mail at that point. No! No! <laughs> I got to go and take now they got. Yeah, I know. Now they got Devondre Campbell. I'll take that. I'll take that. Good with that. 
877-867-1670. Randy. Randy chimes in and says, you the man. You did the right thing by changing that woman's tire. He said, uh, Matt Kenseth, if he ever starts racing again, should put you in his pit crew. I'm telling you, I would, I'd do that. My problem is I got, I got to get back into shape to do that. I got to get back into shape. I, I'd be happy to do it. I'd be happy. I'd jump in a pit crew. I'd try it once. I've know? changed tires in car racing video games. <laughs> Okay, that's something. At least you know where the jack goes. At least you know how to do. Now, have you done it with you? Well, you in a video game? You've never done it by hand. You did that, and then you you done it. So there you go. The funny thing is, in the video game, you even get someone else to do it. So shut up. Do you really? Yeah. Even so, it doesn't. Really oh count. man, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, we got three hours now. We got another hour yet to go. The best part about this coming hour is we are going to be joined by our own Mike Clemens. He's going to be here. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends. Over there at uh, Sloppy Joe's and Smoke on the Water. Sloppy Joe's, such a good place. That is a true Wisconsin bar, man, right there on Hubertus. Just west of Holy, or just east of Holy Hill in Hubertus. Such a cool place. They do a ton of stuff for charity. Stop in and tell Joe Ellen, Joe and Ellen Hennis that we said hi. Love those guys. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to text Joe now during the break. Such a good dude, man. Such a good guy. Our buddy Joe Hennis. Love that man. Another hour yet to go. Hang in there. More the Bill Michael Show is next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.